Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are have our pleasure to be here with Rodney Scott. And Rodney, you have been in this business quite some time, made a huge name for yourself, um, James Beard Award winner, congratulations, Thank one you. of only two pitmasters so far. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank uh, you. And uh, have continued to expand with a new restaurant in Birmingham as well. Yes. Thank you. And we should also point out we are at the podcast studio here at the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. It's the 14th year of the festival and we are excited to be here. This is the first, this is the first podcast recorded at the festival to our knowledge in the podcast studio. So. Um, working out some audio kinks, but we're good to go now. Uh, Rodney, let's get into kind of your history. I mean, you grew up in this business. You were up cooking hogs, and now cooking hogs has turned into something something bigger than than just a small town restaurant. So, how has how has whole hog evolved for you in terms of a business? Wow. Um, first of all, hello to everybody. Uh, <laughs> whole hog is is something that I grew up, you know, being involved with with farming in my area and uh, we we always did whole hogs every week at the family's little general store so I kind of you know worked myself into being that person to do the job during the summer of school I was one of the, one of the guys that helped cook the hogs in the pit and after graduation that was my thing you know I had to be the one to cook the hogs so that not only was my responsibility but it was my job and seeing people appreciate it, it just kind of evolved into me just introducing everybody that never had whole hog to, hey, look, try this, try this. And, you know, it's obviously much more common here, but as, as you continue to expand, is whole hog still new to a lot of people in this part of the country, or is it is it just a, a normal thing that they're not surprised with? Whole hog is surprisingly still new to quite a few people. Um, I'm still surprised at how many people have never seen it done or have never really experienced it. Uh, in my mind, I thought everybody did it because I'm from a tiny area where kind of everybody knew about it. And uh, just to see how they adapt to it, it's amazing. But So kind of the first start for you as in terms of being, being noticed for more than just the small town was uh, uh, John T. Edge, I guess, wrote an article. Yeah. I guess we're going on 10 years now um, of going to you know, Scott's Barbecue in Hemingway. Did that, was it kind of an immediate change for attention? Did you start seeing more tourists or people from out of town coming in or how, would, how did that explosion happen? Wow, um, <clears throat> being from uh, an hour outside of Myrtle Beach, we had one or two tourists that did come in by word of mouth and everybody that left the area kind of spread the, you know, the word that barbecue was being done in Hemingway the way that we did it. And when John T wrote the story, that just kind of doubled a little bit with the tourists coming in from Myrtle Beach and eventually Charleston started to show up and it's it's been building ever since. It's kind of a, a timing thing with the internet and social media and everything that people are kind of rediscovering these small towns and rediscovering techniques that have kind of faded away. I mean there's definitely a resurgence and kind of a um, almost a, a, a concern to, to save that type of cooking. Um, you know in, in Texas we had barbecue that went to very, very predominantly gas-fired cookers and commercial chain strip mall type barbecue. And there's been a resurgence and, and more of a, 
interest in older cooking methods. And it seems like that's one of the things that you've really pioneered is bringing that back um, along with Sam Jones and others um, to really focus on that style and that art. Um, as, as you've come to these new restaurants and new locations, is it hard to bring that style over? I mean, from, you know, from the volumes higher, the number of hours you're cooking is more. Is it, is it, was it an easy transition to that or was there a lot of effort to get to that point? Well, I'd have to say my most challenging transition is uh, training other people to do it the way that we do. Um, uh, the, the, the wood burning and the fire, it's a, little, it's a little complicated for me to explain at times to somebody else because it, be, it was second nature for me. You don't use thermometers or any of that, right? No, personally I don't. Um, but for me to teach that next pit master or that person that's not familiar with cooking whole hogs, we did add thermometers to, to have a temperature to, you know, to, as a resource for them to learn and maintain the process as we, as they adjust to a tradition that I grew up with. It's, it's more second nature for you, I guess, you know, if you need to put a different log, different size yeah. log, different, you can even tell, um, we've talked about this, where you, you can pick up logs and see how well one is seasoned versus the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's just second nature, but it doesn't, it doesn't come for people that have never done it before. Right. Well, um, not, and you're, you're, I would say, not at a disadvantage, but there's a lot of things that are different from the Texas barbecue we're used to. There's so many places doing the same thing in Texas that you can hire people that worked at 50 different other offset cooking Texas barbecue joints. There aren't 50 other wood burning down to coals, whole hog barbecue joints that you can, that you can get people to have experience with. So it is pretty much from the ground up when you train somebody. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's plenty of challenges that go along with that, but opening in Charleston was a, was of course a, a big step for you. And, and the Charleston restaurant is a much more expanded menu than, than just whole hog. I mean, whole hog, of course, is the central focus, but uh, tell us a little bit about some of the other things that were added to the Charleston menu when, when you opened in Charleston. Um, first of all, I love Charleston. Thank you, Charleston. <laughs> uh, it's a great city. And uh, one of the few things we added to the menu here, the menu is pretty much built around me growing up and what I ate and what I like eating growing up. Uh, we added uh, baked beans and coleslaw, of course. It's on the menu. We have mac and cheese. We have uh, smoked turkey. We have uh, smoked wings. We have a steak sandwich. It's a ribeye. We've heard a lot about yes. that yeah. steak sandwich. <laughs> steak sandwich was a, a hidden gem. Um, we also have chicken, uh, catfish. We have a salad on the menu, believe it or not. Yes, a barbecue joint with a salad. You gotta do it. Um, wow, we still have the pork skins that we always did. Um, ribs, which is another big hit of ours. We do spare ribs here now. Um, and, and shout out to spare ribs instead of St. Louis. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're, we're, we've been banging that drum for quite a while. We're, yes. we're a big fan of the full spares. Um, sweet tea, banana pudding. Oh man, it's, I, the, I like the menu because it feels good to go in there and grab stuff that I grew up with and, and share that with the world. You can bring, bring a family of people and not everybody yeah. likes whole hog, um, but you can bring a whole family. Everybody can get something off everybody the menu. Everybody can get something. How can, how can not everyone like whole hog? I know. I don't know, oh, no, man. Well, and, and if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about your favorite piece of whole hog. So our, our shining moment in whole hog barbecue um, was at B.E. Scott's, which was our first taste of Midlands. And it's just, 
it's so amazing bite if you've never had it and and i believe that's your favorite that and maybe a little off the shoulder too a little off the shoulder and just just above the the belly under the ribs that's about my favorite bite it is it is a if you ever get to a restaurant that allows you to to choose which piece it's it's a different experience oh yeah, yeah. so good yeah. absolutely is and in it, especially for a lot of the texas listeners we have that are used to super fatty brisket this is kind of like the equivalent of getting the fatty cut of brisket is getting the belly meat from the hog yeah. you know it's it's about as good as it gets uh let's talk a bit about the the james beard award because that was a was that a, was that expected did you have any idea that was coming when that announcement was made last year i had no clue um first the long list announcement came and I was just grateful just to be mentioned on that list. And then the, the finalist list came and I was really scared when I, when I heard it. And kind of let it settle a little bit. You know, all right, it's great to be announced. You know, it's good to be in this group of people. Great lineup of chefs all over the United States. And then it came down to that week of, longest week of my life. Um, nerves started to kick in. That night at the ceremony, I could not calm down. It was just nerves everywhere. I may have looked calm, but I wasn't. <laughs> and well, and it's, it's, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. barbecue is starting to yeah. get recognized as more than just a backyard meal for people. It's, it's being elevated to the level of fine dining of anything that you can eat. You know, there are multiple fine dining restaurants in Charleston across the country that have been nominated for beards for years, but barbecue didn't start getting that acclaim until probably the last five years or so and that 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 added to the pressure of my nervousness <laughs> <laughs> you know here i'm one of the few barbecue guys mentioned and and everybody was i felt like everybody was counting on me to to bring this recognition to the barbecue game you know everybody from the guy cooking the slab on the yeah. weekends to the people in the industry that that do it for a, a, a career or a living and when they announced that i had won i, I couldn't move out of my seat you know, they, they had to keep telling me, you have to go to the stage, you got to get up. It was, it was very humbling. It was uh, very appreciative. And it made me love the food and beverage industry even more because they showed love all over the board. You know, backyard barbecue is just not overlooked. It's part of fine dining and cuisines that we all do. And every, everything was just on one accord. Yeah, I think it's an amazing recognition because, to your point, I mean, it's it's a chef award. This is not a barbecue award. Exactly. This is not a restaurant award. This is a chef award, and and I think finally they're recognizing what it what it takes to put in to to produce this product and produce it consistently, um, which is another another key thing. Right. That's well, just what we've said for years is great food is great food. Whether it's served on butcher paper or a china plate, it doesn't matter. Great food is great food, and and the Beard Foundation is definitely starting to do that. There been there's a tiny little restaurant in Houston called Himalaya that serves on you know vinyl plastic tables that's nominated wow. for a beard award this year. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's great to see things like that because they serve phenomenal food and they've got a great story and everything like that. And we should mention that there are three barbecue places represented on this year's list. Uh, Billy Durney is nominated for Best Chef New York City. Um, we've got Brian Furman who's nominated for Best Chef as well, and yeah. we've got Ashley Caps uh, outstanding. Uh, Baker at Buxton Hall Barbecue in Asheville, North Carolina, that's been nominated. So more recognition for barbecue is a great thing for everybody. You know, they say rising tide raises all ships. And so it's great to see. We're excited to see it. How did it, did it change things for you with the restaurant? Was, did you see? It, you it did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, it struck the attention of quite a few uh, people that, you know, were curious. 
and and of course business got a little busier and things it just overall great just just to make that semifinalist list is amazing and from the time that we made that list up until current day everything has just been amazing and yeah, it's, it's one of the things I mean everyone calls it the Oscars of food and for good reason because once you've gotten that nomination and or that win for the rest of your life the word James Beard nominee or James Beard winner is going to precede your name. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, just, it's just a fact of life. And so you for, forever will be James Beard award winning Rodney Scott. And so that, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing. Like a master doctorate. It's, it's James Beard <laughs> yeah, award winner. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of clout for a lot of reason. And there, well, the, the road to that, you know, obviously wasn't easy, you know, from, from Hemingway, from uh, a simple menu, just the whole hog, which is, which is tradition, obviously to expanding into the restaurants you know when you came to charleston um a lot of that seemed to, to hinge on your relationship with nick Bahakis. oh yeah um, definitely so, so tell us a little bit about that transition as, as you went from again a, a simple menu and a simple product to how to bring that to the public in a larger scale i, I met nick Bahakis years ago and uh we had a conversation on what i did with the bar whole hog barbecue and how i did it and he made a suggestion to me. He said, you should take it, you should take it out to Charleston. And, you know, I looked at him like he was crazy. And I was like, nah, there's no way. I'm not that kind of guy. I like what I'm doing here in the country, small area. And he mentioned it to me again. And then, of course, we always hung out. And after guiding me and teaching me certain things, I said, you know what? This guy really knows what he's talking about. And uh, we came to Charleston and, and it, it's, been, it's been great. You know his his level of teaching and 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 partnership and friendship. Understanding the business and the finances and all of that. Know, we we talk. Um, there's there's an anecdote about him coming and telling you to raise your damn prices. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and and we talk about that in Texas a lot. That you know you, you've got to, it's a business. You've got to make a profit at the yeah. end of the day. Um, and, and you might have to change your mix of foods. And like I said, here in Charleston, you've got to add a lot of foods, but. Uh, understanding which ones drive profit and which ones don't it's a business at the yeah. end of the day and you need to be successful in the business um, as you open the, the Charleston restaurant you're open seven days a week um, you know you're sourcing previously has, has it been harder or how has it been trying to get wood sourced in volume and, and especially the hogs in volume that you need is that that been have you had to switch up suppliers or, or just have they been accommodating to that well I, I had no idea before I moved to Charleston that there were wood suppliers the way that they are. Um, these guys produce in mass amounts and it was just a challenge on letting them know what type of wood I wanted and how often we needed it. Other than that, it's been, it's been great, you know, it's not, it hadn't been as challenging as I thought it would be to get wood brought in and the hogs, you know, brought in. Everything's been timely and this guy's been pretty good. And you're using, um, are you using hickory and oak? Hickory um, and oak. Some pecan or just I had a few pieces of pecan, <laughs> but because I don't cut my own wood the way I used to, I still get very little every now and again. So, a little pecan here and there. Those pits are running basically 24-7 now. So it's, uh, I can imagine the, the wood that you go through in, in a week's time has got to be pretty incredible. Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> we go through a lot of wood in the run of a week. But it's, it's worth it. And I know, you know, it, it sounds like, again, with a rising popularity of barbecue, that more of the industry is starting to uh, back that up. In, in Texas, it, it's the same kind of problem where, it, and for a while, 
wood suppliers were were very inconsistent and so we had people that would get green we've had it happen to us where we got a load of green wood that we couldn't even use but i think they're learning that you know they need to provide just like the, the food product they need to provide a product to the industry and so they've gotten a lot better at it yeah oh the, the growth of the barbecue industry has has created a lot of different avenues for a lot of people to you know whether it's a pit builder or a wood supplier i mean there there are different avenues in which people are creating businesses around barbecue now um, and growing a business obviously is something that that you're you're starting to get more and more into um and you're starting to expand what rodney scott barbecue is and the birmingham location which recently opened is is the the latest in the rodney scott barbecue restaurant profile let's talk a little bit about how the birmingham location became an opportunity for you and, and where we're at with it right now wow the birmingham location first became an opportunity again through my great partner and friend nick pahakis uh we're with the prg pahakis restaurant group you know he he made sure <laughs> that i was a member of that group and uh, he, he said, hey, the real estate is available here. The opportunity is here, come take a look. And I did, took a look at it, and we sat down off the record and we had a nice conversation and we decided to open in Birmingham. And he's there to make sure that one's on point. I'm here to make sure this one's on point. It looked like the menus were the same across both restaurants. Menu's pretty much the same. Um, we have a full bar in Birmingham, which allows us to do a little bit more with alcohol. and. Uh, that's about the only difference in the two. And it looks like, how has the crowd been receptive to the whole hog cooking and everything in Birmingham? Because to my knowledge, there's not a whole lot of whole hog cooking in, in Birmingham right now. Um, I've been told there's not a whole lot of whole, whole hog cooking down there. Um, haven't had a chance to ride around the entire city yet, but uh, they've been pretty receptive. And we've gotten a lot of compliments on the ribs as well down there, which is you know amazing for Birmingham because yeah. Birmingham is known for its great ribs as well. And they've been pretty receptive to the whole hog. Well, direct heat. I mean, it, it, you know, cooking styles under direct heat. Again, we love we love ribs cooked under direct heat. We love pork shoulder and whole hog. Um, and it's possible that that's just not the predominant cooking style. You get a completely different taste totally when you do different. ribs under under direct heat. It's kind of yeah. almost a bacony. And if you do it well, you get the kind of crispy edge. Oh yeah, I'm getting hungry already. Now. Uh, yeah, no, stop talking about this. Part. We'll be we'll be at your place on Saturday, so we'll definitely be eating some ribs. We'll be on right there waiting on you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, one of the things that we that we noticed with with your cooking and with whole hog cooking in general is it it's uh, we don't want to call it a more pure form of barbecue than Texas or there's no you know there's rivalries between barbecue and what have you, but it's there there's so much tradition in it. And one thing that we haven't seen that we saw in Texas is there was a lot of automation done to Texas barbecue, which kind of brought the quality down for a while. And we haven't seen a whole lot of that whole hog cooking. Is that, I mean, you've never obviously gone down that route, but is there a reason why you, you haven't seen a ton of offset like, like a whole, whole hog, hog gas powered right, rotisserie? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're glad we haven't seen it, but do you think there's a reason for that? My personal opinion on that is uh, the reason we don't see a lot of it because first of all you got to dedicate at least a half a day work to doing it and it seems like it brings joy it brings an event it brings a party to the process barbecue is always a communal it's yeah. always been a communal gathering type meal yeah it always kind of brings people around you get to have a conversation with people you get to 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 listen to music with people and share memories and stories and drink a drink a beer or two tell a lie or two you know it's it's a fun moment and I think the rotisserie takes away from all of that when with a whole hog. So nothing against that style of cooking, because I like food. Good food is good food. 
but when you're cooking a whole hog manually over direct fire or that 12 hours and you get to tend to the fire something personal about that when you when you you flip it you're flipping it based on you're not flipping it based on a clock right and so yeah, you're you're flipping it when it needs to be flipped and you're running the fire when it needs to be run so it, it it's something i don't think you can replicate exactly with with the other style yeah i i think you have more fun doing it yeah just burning the wood down and cooking it slow with your friends and family hanging around you there's something more fun about that part yeah and of course there is unfortunately more more risk to doing it that way oh yeah <laughs> um, and and you know we, we we must mention we had you know a friend of the show brian Furman. uh brian and nikki had a a fire at bees cracklin yesterday um which did some extensive damage to the restaurant unfortunately this is the second fire that brian's had to deal with the other one being completely unrelated to cooking but it's it's one of the risks to, to doing what you guys do and cooking the way you cook um, I understand you've had some pit fires in your day as well. Um, oh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how that's how that came about and what and, and what some of those risks are. Um, the way that we cook <clears throat> directly over hot coals is high risk. Period. When fat gets hot and drips in to hot coals or flame, anything can erupt, and it, and it happens so fast that it can it can be bad. Uh, grease wherever grease is, and the flame will find it. It will just follow it. And, and, and it can either just blaze your pit up, burn your meat, or, you know, unfortunately damage your building or your property. Kind of the runaway effect, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty risky in how fast it moves. It's, it's scary. But, you know, I always say when no one gets hurt, you already win. And that's the first thing that I preach to my people. Make sure everybody's okay. Then we'll worry about everything else behind that. But, you know, back to Brian, just knowing that nobody got hurt was, was the win-win for me. And that gives him an opportunity to rebuild and restart and get himself back together. But fire is something. It's hard. Uh, to see your building damaged or destroyed and you have to start over, it's, it, it, can be, it can be painful. It's an interesting, you know, complex because you deal with it every day. Yeah. You try to control it, but there's times when it can, you know, it can get out of hand. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's it's that style of cooking. You know, an offset barbecue, which is predominantly Texas style, it, at least the firebox sits off to yeah. the side. So, not all of them, but many of the fires are because of lack of maintenance. Yeah. Um, where they're not not cleaning it but there are times when it can get out of control there too yeah anytime you're cooking with live fire it's always going to be a risk whether that's in an offset or hot coals or what have you and and brian is one of the most positive people you ever meet and he's already got you know he's already got plans in his head that he's working on of oh, yeah of, of how to do it bigger and better and then we're you know we're confident he's going to be back doing it you know as soon as he can and you know but best of luck to to the Furmans and we, we we're looking forward to our next trip back out to Beast Crack and Barbecue for sure definitely hopefully sooner than later uh um one thing I love about the barbecue community the, the food and beverage community uh is that everybody makes sure that everybody else is okay uh phone calls you know text messages emails Everybody checks on everyone to make sure that everybody's okay, and that's what I like about the food and beverage industry. They seem to care more than just making money. We've seen a lot of, of, of that in Texas as well. When we had the, we had the hurricane, um, a lot of pitmasters were reaching out to each other, helping out, and it's, it's always a great community like that. 
people in the business and, and people understanding what they're going through. Yeah. Um, turn it back to whole hog, of course, because that's why we're all in this room right now. Um, we've seen an explosion of whole hog cooking in a national landscape, whereas it's been a more regional item for a long time. Why do you think whole hogs suddenly gotten this boom of popularity? I mean, you're part of the reason for it, but. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, again, I think when you're when you're cooking a whole hog, you you attract that group of people that you know for 12 hours at least 12 to 24 hours however you cook your hog you you get to sit and have this conversation with these folks you get to have a a a moment of fun conversation stories again you get to sit and have one-on-one with other humans you know you it's not it's not something that you just throw together and say hey it's done come get it you get to sit around and everybody experience how this this process is going I think other than, than brisket, whole hog is, is also one of those where the product takes that long to cook and it has to be attended to. I, I can't think of any other food. I mean, sous vide for 72 hours, you're not attending you're, the you're, meat. Yeah, you're not sitting around the immersion circulator waiting for the steak to be done. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a communal thing and it's and it definitely brings people together and it lets people you know, lets people get to know each other and not, not have to think about Okay, I'm sitting down for a fancy meal. You you could literally pick in pieces of hog, yeah. off, you know, off oh, the man, pit. Those which, are some of the best. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's pretty ridiculously yeah. delicious. Especially that skin, man. When it comes, uh, when it's just right <laughs> off the pit. Oh yeah. And, and I, I think that's that's a lot of the, the the interest and the popularity that a lot of people are getting back to. You know, um, I've seen it, in California. I've seen it in, down in Texas, back here on the East Coast, even in the North. When, when people see that whole animal cooking, it's a conversation, you know? It's, it's, how do you do it this way? I'm not used to seeing it this way. I've only had the shoulder or the ham, and here it is before you know it, you know this person's name, you know where they're from, you just have a conversation, you get to know people, it's communal. And it's, it's definitely an art, you know, um, we had talked before we recorded about, it, with whole hog, it's just like any other large primal cut of meat, with whole hog, you've got different cuts that are in there that have to be finished. Um, yeah. And so from a, from a cooking process, um, you know, it, I would imagine you don't just throw the coals evenly across the entire pit. How, how do you handle cooking the different, different cuts all at the same time? Um, the way that we handle cooking the different cuts is we only fire the ham and the shoulders. So the whole animal lays out butterfly with the meat side down. And we put all of our hot coals around the shoulders and under the hams. We don't put any under the belly or the ribs because that part is smaller, of course, and it'll cook before the ham and the shoulders. So by the time that the ham and shoulders are done, the belly and the ribs are just perfect. They're just nicely cooked. All the hot coals are still out away from it. it, it it's, it's the best way to do it. If you, put every, if you put the coals everywhere under the hog, you're gonna burn the ribs and the belly and you're still not gonna have real good hams and shoulders. It's gonna be, it's gonna be off. So for any of you guys trying to do this at home, don't, don't, please don't just put a hot bed of coals down and throw a hog on no, top of it. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't do it. You know, obviously when you, when you get gaining popularity of a protein or of a cooking style, you're gonna have everyone trying to replicate it as much as they can. And, and some it, will be even, more successful at it than others. You know, what you see a lot is, is a hog on a spit being turned 
and that it's the same problem is that you're trying to cook all the meat at the same same temperature and yeah. so that's the beauty of whole hog barbecue when it's done right is there there is an art to cooking the hog as well yeah so we're excited for the growth of whole hog barbecue nationwide in texas where we're based at you know we came back from our whole hog trip thinking man this is i wish this would just become a thing in texas and now it's becoming a thing in texas and we're like oh that's exciting for us because you know, we we we're tired of brisket frankly so <laughs> we, we've got great brisket in texas don't get us wrong but um, when you eat brisket three times a week four times a week <laughs> yeah um, remember when you die at an early age yes, <laughs> yes. and so it's just a whole different flavor and and when it's done it's it's completely different i mean um you know we, and we've had the in our whole hog trip we had variations we had people that were just doing shoulders and we had whole hog um so it's great to see and it's great to see that it's growing well and just the difference between region i mean west tennessee whole hog is different from south carolina whole hog where you're from it's different from what sam's doing up in aden yeah and it's 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 interesting to see those different variances in in the cooking process and how changing one little thing whether that's with the skin or chopped versus pulled and how it completely changes the experience as far as eating it and it's it's a really cool thing for for people to get to try out and we you know we highly recommend it uh, what what made the future hold for rodney scott barbecue that you're willing to talk about wow first? <laughs> the future for rodney scott's barbecue to continue to spread the love you know uh to share my experiences with whole hog and barbecue. Uh, the future is just to, to spread the love and experiences that I've had and shared and let everybody know and that what I do is not impossible to inspire the younger generations to, to go for it's whatever you believe It's a lot of hard in. work. And yeah, that's, it is. That, that's um, again, you know, from a work ethic and, and no matter how good you're at it, it takes hard work. It's a hard work job. Well, we'll wrap this one up, Rodney. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you for, you for having spreading all the whole hog goodness across Congratulations South Carolina. Now, the restaurants on the ward, thank everything. You so I mean, much. Thank you. Um, it's great to see it recognized. It's great to see this resurgence. For us, you know, we were stuck in our Texas ways, and and the whole hog trip just opened up uh, an entire world. I mean, Fiji's we we had had whole hog in in Texas, and Fiji's oh, yeah. does a great job. Fiji's great, <laughs> and and, uh, and he credits you with a lot of the reason why he does. Yes, that. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He's a great dude, man. His whole family is great, and it was kind of a gateway into this whole thing for us as well. So, um, thanks to Patrick, but but definitely thanks to you. Congratulations, and uh, keep going because we love this stuff. Thank you. Thank you again to Rodney Scott for sitting down with us for this episode and to Charleston Wine and Food for the incredible opportunity we had to kick off their podcast studio this year. As you heard in this episode, the Furman family, owners of Bees Crackling Barbecue in Atlanta, recently had a major fire at their restaurant. Both Brian and I have had the good fortune of eating at Bees multiple times. It's a great restaurant and Brian Furman is a beloved figure in the barbecue community. If you haven't heard yet, some of the top people in barbecue are uniting for a very special benefit dinner for Bees Crackling. Truth Barbecue in Houston is hosting this dinner on Saturday, March 30th. The dinner will include food cooked by acclaimed pitmasters from across the country, including, of course, Brian Furman from Bees Cracklin', Leonard Batella from Truth, Wayne Miller from Louie Miller Barbecue, Elliot Moss from Buxton Hall Barbecue in Asheville, North Carolina, Bert Bachman from Trudy's Underground Barbecue and Slab in Los Angeles, California, and Matt Horn from Horn Barbecue in the Bay Area in California. They've got some great sponsors on board with Lone Star, 44 Farms, Four Roses Bourbon, there will be Yeti raffle prizes, and perhaps some other surprises in store. This is a unique experience bringing together some extraordinary culinary talent with 100% of the proceeds going towards helping one of the industry's best, Bees Crackle and Barbecue. 
If you'd like to attend this event, the link to buy tickets is in this episode description, and you can also find the link at Truth's Instagram bio. Thank you for listening, and we will talk with you next time.